It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured. You're valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team that I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday to you, producer Steve. Yeah. Thursday, April 6th, almost Friday, April 7th. (laughs) Doesn't it just seem like yesterday it was April 1st? I cannot uh, I cannot believe how fast everything is going here. But uh, we've got so much work to do. We've got a great show planned for you again today. So check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice on an independent station searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And of course, there's all kinds of force words out there. Uh, We see them uh, all over the legislation here uh, that's being proposed in uh, Colorado require uh, requires a a really good force word that they're using on a regular basis. But uh, if it's a good idea, it should be able to stand in the, the marketplace of ideas. And if it's a bad idea, that's when you have to use force. Socialism is not about free stuff. Socialism is the carrot to get people to vote for it. And ultimately, socialism is a bad idea. And uh, it has to come down to force. And as many of you may recall, Nazi stood for the National Socialist Workers of Germany. I I should know that. And then last week, somebody said USSR also um, had the word socialist in it. And uh, both of those regimes did not treat people very well, Steve. Yes, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republic now gone by the wayside. Yes. So um, anyway, uh, and we see, well, gosh, Steve, we had three people that ran for Denver mayor that uh, are were socialists. I mean, can you can you believe it? And so we need to know who we're voting for, what they stand for. And uh, interestingly enough, Leslie Harrod, who was one of those, was endorsed by Cole Wist, who had been in the state legislature as a Republican. And Cole was one of those that actually pushed the red flag law through. And so let's connect the dot. One of the things that Stalin said is is, is um, basically they disarmed people. Um, Hitler disarmed the Jews. And so these uh, Second Amendment bills that are going through legislatures, these assaults on law-abiding citizens uh, carrying firearms, just connect the dots on that, Steve. I, you know, we, we looked at this yesterday, uh, the day after the election, and those three people, those three people running as socialists, one of them got point nine. I mean, the, in the table we were looking at was the actual vote count and then the percentage of the vote, point nine percent. 
And I'm thinking if that guy was out there, let's assume he was out there, you know, speaking at different places around the city like they would do. He must not have connected with many people. Yes, but Leslie Herod got. Uh, yeah, her um, numbers were a little bit better. I don't have. Yeah, them I, th- in I, front I think of just me. right. I think just right under ten percent. Okay. And uh, so we need to be shedding light on on um, on what is happening here. So I did want to mention our America's Veteran Story Show that we'll broadcast on. Uh, KLZ, all KLZ platforms, that's KLZ 560 AM, 100.7 FM. The website, you, there's a listen live link there, or, and as well as the app. Uh, and we interviewed 97 year old Arthur Frangello. Yeah, just a, a tremendous interview. And he was on PT boats in the Mediterranean. And uh, I have not interviewed anybody that was on PT boats. So this is uh, really a great interview, Steve. Well, I've learned I learned something. Well, number one, he was quite the character. Let's just say he loves life. Let's just say that. <laughs> but in terms of PT boats, uh, and I'm, this is kind of maybe a bad connection. Uh, as a kid watching McHale's Navy on TV, they were a PT boat, but they were primarily you know in the Pacific somewhere. But right. then they switched gears during the production of that show, and they I just think they were in Italy somewhere, and I couldn't connect the dots. And the fact that they were you know, patrolling the Mediterranean. It's like, well, gee, why couldn't I figure that out as a kid? <laughs> so it took this long to connect that dot for you. Huh? Yeah, only 50 <laughs> plus years. But anyway, that I think uh, most of most of Arthur's uh, story that he tells is in the Mediterranean, right? Right, right. They were in the Mediterranean. So a great interview. You will not want to miss that this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. And um, we are an independent voice. I appreciate all of you who support us and also who support all of our great sponsors. And when you're looking for those services in your life, I greatly appreciate it if you would uh, contact our our sponsors and and give them um, uh, the opportunity to earn your business. They are all, I highly recommend each and every one of them. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to be meeting Kurt Gerwitz for lunch, uh, taking advantage of the lunch specials over at Hooters Restaurants. Love their fish and chips. And um, Hooters Restaurants is a great sponsor of both the shows. And it's a really important story, how I got to know them about freedom and free markets and capitalism. And uh, they've got great uh, lunch specials and happy hour specials Monday through Friday. And uh, be sure and check out my website. It has all that information there as well as the story on how we got to know each other. Uh, They have five locations. That's Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. So be sure and check that out. Uh, Our quote for today, uh, This I got this. This is just so appropriate. And you all will connect the dots uh, with our featured guests today. But it is a, a Benjamin Franklin quote. And uh, let me get over here to this. Where do I have this, Producer Steve? Here we go. Well, I had it here just... Here we go. Uh, Benjamin Franklin. He was born in... Seven, do I sound like Rush Limbaugh? You know, where I follow papers there. Uh, born in 1706, died in 1790. He was an American polymath who was active as a writer, scientist, inventor, statesman, diplomat, printer, publisher, and political philo- philosopher. Among the leading intellectuals of his time, Franklin was one of the founding fathers of the United States, a drafter and signer of the Declaration of Independence, and the first postmaster general. Uh, and he said this, he said, make yourself sheep and the wolves will eat you. Very appropriate for today, huh? It is. And my very first thought is in this nation, collectively speaking, I think we have 
we have almost voluntarily made ourselves sheep. And uh, there are so many people that are shedding light on this, though. And there are people that are standing up. One of the things you mentioned in our pre-call was, um, as, you, uh, as you all know, I'm a Kansas kid. Uh, and you asked about the Kansas governor. I said, my understanding is, is they are radical activist uh, Democrat. But uh, apparently the legislature has put through uh, some legislation that basically says that girls get to be in girl <laughs> uh, girls um, locker rooms and compete in girl sports and boys have to compete in boys sports and boys locker rooms now this whole transgender word my friends it's just it, it's it's mixing people up and it's schematics but um, and and so I guess the the Kansas governor overrode that but the legislature overrode the veto so good for them uh, this is an assault upon our girls if you it's it's terrible well what drew the I guess Fox News's attention to this was the one I guess one of the uh, leftist leaning representatives are in the house or in their in their Senate, whichever body that was doing this. And she just totally went berserk and basically used some four letter words, but uh, it just, the the bill or the actual vote to override was so lopsided. I guess maybe that's why she went off the deep end. Well, and good for them. And then also you uh, mentioned that Travis Tritt country, uh, country star has uh, said he's taking all of the Anheuser Busch, uh, stuff off his bus. He he's not going to be dealing with them after uh, the the uh, event where Anheuser Busch, I guess, created a specially special beer can for uh, this transgender uh, individual that uh, is being really held up. It was the one that also that um, I can't remember the um, oh, I can't remember her name, but I think we all saw this a few weeks ago. Uh, she's a, a movie star who was interviewing. Uh, this person and she got down on her knees in front of the person. It was actually super embarrassing. You guys can probably help me out so on the text line seven two zero six zero five zero six four seven on exactly who that was. I can't remember, Steve. Do you remember who that was? I, well, the name I don't have it in front of me because you know, I just do, I choose not to pay attention to it. I guess that's why I don't know. But uh, Anheuser Busch stock price has dropped forty cents in just forty eight hours. So let's hope yeah. that's the beginning of a long downward spiral yeah Yeah. and uh, i guess uh, crest toothpaste did also he had some endorsements of that and kate spade bags i have a couple of kate spade kate spade bags that i love and gosh i'm probably not gonna have to be carrying those around Uh, i just bought some crest toothpaste the other day i'm gonna have to take that back i think what you'll see is just people will start to make these little silent choices about uh, the different products that they buy steve I welcome some, you know, conservative consumer group who would actually start uh, publicizing this and keeping it out in front of people. Let's, I mean, if, if we, if the word is pushback, then let's push back. Well, and the the important thing here is is that uh, that this whole transgender activist movement is targeting our children, and uh, the fact that here in Colorado now that kids can uh, opt into 
uh, say if, if a parent opts out of it, and again, this is that, uh, oh, I have to tell you about that as well, uh, that House Bill 1003, which there's the big rally today at 10 o'clock for parental rights against this uh, House Bill 1003, which was supposed to be held, um, that we heard in committee today at 1.30. So the rally is going on, so that's really important. Uh, the West Steps of the Capitol, 10 o'clock this morning, and uh, they really want a big turnout. Lori Gimmelstein was on yesterday. And you can go to Colorado um, Parents dot org i think is the website i'll get that for you in a moment with and the details on that the weather will be good so you do you know, have no excuse in that regard righto righto hold on just one second we got so many things going on right now um that i uh <laughs> i can't get all these websites in my mind so i will but uh, at 10 o'clock west steps of the capitol be there or be square and and this is not about they try to say it's about hurting transgender tr- children that is not the case Hurting children by uh, through pharmaceuticals or by surgery by mutilating them is cruel, and we have to stand against that. And uh, so again, uh, that. Um, but I, what I want to tell you is, so everything's organized for the rally. Then people are going to go in to the hearing and testify. And guess what? They canceled that hearing meeting today, Steve. <laughs> Everybody's organized to go down, taking time off from work, and they canceled that. Hmm. And that is just one of the strategies that they use. Well, look at that for a second. In other words, they have assessed the opposition. It's like, oh, my gosh, they're rather organized. They're going to come out there and and kick our our keisters. Right, right, oh, right, oh. Okay, so it's coloradoparents.org. Thank you to uh, the listener that sent me. uh, It was Drew Barrymore who kneeled in front of this transgender person. So thank you for that. I had uh, several other things that I needed to mention here very quickly. Um, We blew through the bill of the day yesterday, Steve. And you wanted to talk about that, and it was one of these... Uh, it was uh, House Bill 23-1208, an income tax credit for eligible teachers. And it's concerning a state income tax credit for a licensed teacher who is employed as a teacher in a public school on a full-time basis for at least one half of an academic year. And interestingly, um, it's bipartisan, uh, which... I, I, so Bob Marshall, Democrat, which is the Highlands Ranch uh, area, Matt Soper, Republican, and Janice Rich, Republican. And... This is not fair. It's not fair to give one person an income tax credit and others not. And it's not fair to give public school teachers an income tax credit and not others. Uh, what this, if, if it's better to have lower taxes for people, let's lower taxes across the board. And there is, uh, this is always many times done under the guise that public school teachers are uh, having to use their own money to buy school supplies. And to your point, Steve, in the pre-call, you said, let's address what that problem is, and then let's connect that dot back to uh, PARA, which we're going to have Joshua Scharf on again this next week. PARA, 21% of payroll goes to PARA. Uh, so the taxpayer is paying that, and then the uh, employee, the teacher, is paying 11% of their pay towards para so let instead of these fixes like this which there's not equity in it it's not treating people equal 
um, instead of, of, of that, let's lower taxes and let's address this whole para issue so that we can pay teachers more and get the supplies into the classroom that we're supposed to be getting into the classroom. And so, um, again, that's House Bill 23-1208. And boy, I, I really, I mean, you expect it out of Democrats, but you don't expect it out of Republicans. And I guess they're, they're, pro- they're probably trying to fix a problem, but this is not the answer, Steve. Well, two things. You've already basically already touched on it. Again, here's a classic example, and you you say it all the time. Uh, We have situations where government creates the problem and then comes back in, makes a big round robin and says, oh, I I can fix that. And this is one of them. Right. And in fixing that, it's treating people unequally. And uh, so we uh, need to continue to shed light on that. We get to do this because of so many great sponsors. And the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team knows that life can be challenging. And it's the Mangan's team's mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. Call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for more information. That's 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this, I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers regularly with GRRR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice on an independent station, searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, wanted to just mention uh, this nonprofit that I'm becoming involved with, the Center for American Values. They're located in Pueblo. 
And uh, they have this gallery. It's a gallery exhibit. It's the Portraits of Valor. And it is an extraordinary and I, I to- totally extraordinary collection of uh, photographic portraits and documentation of more than 160 Congressional Medal of Honor recipients. The exhibit is a powerful example of the self-sacrifice that one, of one segment of our society that is made to protect the freedoms we all enjoy. And the portraits include four Medal of Honor recipients from Pueblo, including Center Visionary and co-founder Drew Dix, uh, and the other founder is Brad Padula. And during his presentation of the Medal to, uh, uh, to Pueblo native Raymond G. Murphy, President Dwight D. Eisenhower commented, what is, it, what is in the water in Pueblo? All of you guys turn out to be heroes. And Pueblo is often referred to as the home of heroes. So be sure and check out the Center for American Values. And uh, I would really recommend a road trip down to Pueblo. Take your kids. Uh, it is just a really powerful place. Uh, I'm very pleased to have on the line with me uh, Colorado Representative Ryan Armacost. He is representing House District 64. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. And tell me, uh, House District 64, what area of Colorado does that encompass? That is northern Colorado, so it's a little bit of Larimer and and, uh, Weld. It's Bertha Mead, Johnstown, Millican, West Greeley, and Northwest Evans. Okay. It sounds like you're on the road, so you're probably trying to get down to the State House, correct, Ryan? Yes. Okay. A uh, couple of things. You have a, a couple of bills that you wanted people to uh, be aware of. So uh, let's start with the school resource officer bill. Okay. So that is Senate Bill 70, and uh, that came my direction. Um, I was happy to, to see it and got offered to uh, run it. And I'm a, a huge proponent for school resource officers because right now we have a lot of, a lot of, people combating uh, having school resource officers, having law enforcement, period, in our schools. And it is a necessary necessary item, but this helps codify that by basically requiring school resource officers to get the, the training either before they start as a school resource officer or as soon as reasonably possible for that agency. Uh, whereas right now, under the current law, it encourages them to get the training. Okay. And uh, where is that at in the process in the legislature? Well, it's gone through the Senate. Uh, It's hitting education today uh, in the House Education Committee, and I will be running that through. I don't don't see it having any problems. Um, There's been no opposition to it thus far. Um, it's, It's a pretty easy bill for people to understand, just that it's... The biggest portion of that is the safe-to-tell uh, aspect of school resource officers, which is the reporting uh, entity that people, students or whoever use when they know that there's a threat or otherwise any kind of bullying or anything going on within their school. So, Ryan, on the safe-to-tell, I've not actually read the complete bill. I have had some concerns with the fact uh, on the safe to tell if it is uh, anonymous. So is this safe to tell going to be anonymous or or not? Because it can be used against students as well. So tell me about that. Well, that's something we're definitely going to have to work on with safe to tell because right now it is anonymous. And as we know in recent news, that has become uh, weaponized by people using it fraudulently, basically swatting uh, schools. Um, and getting a, a very, very urgent and uh, upsetting response to the, these schools where kids are kind of traumatized anyway because of 
uh, you know, recent issues with mentally ill people uh, acting out of schools. Right. And, and so that is one thing that I, um, I hope that as it works its way through that, um, will be considered because it has been weaponized and I'm concerned about that. Let's talk about, uh, your canine bill as well. Okay. Well, not too long ago, we lost one of our, uh, Colorado canine, uh, officers, uh, with Jefferson County. And being that I was with, when I was with Lamar County Sheriff's Office, I was part of the K-19 for a good eight years. So I'm very partial and very uh, uh, attached to dogs in general, but uh, otherwise working dogs and animals. Um, so this bill is going to protect working animals and law enforcement. That is House Bill 1286 uh, just got introduced. So that one, we're we're working through some issues on how we can make this work statutorily, but the, the main thing I'm getting at is trying to raise the penalty for anyone that does any sort of crime toward working animals, whether it be a horse, uh, law enforcement horse, law enforcement dog, whatever, um, because of these facts where people are just brazen enough to injure or kill uh, a working animal that is, you know, running after trying to apprehend a fleeing felon. So this will help protect them by uh, offering an enhancer to any criminal charges that would come down from uh, any crime. It could even be theft, but any assaultive crime against any working animals for law enforcement. Okay. Okay. Well, um, uh, super interesting on that. And uh, um, Representative Armacosta, I just am looking at uh, Bill Track 50, which is this software program that uh, the Colorado Union of Taxpayers is using, as well as uh, Liberty Scorecard. Uh, it's a really cool program. Uh, it was uh, created by a woman that lived in Denver. She lives in London now, but it tracks all of the legislation through all 50 states as well as Congress. So, of course, we're using it for Colorado. And uh, congratulations. As of this morning, we have now had 603 bills that have been um, proposed here in Colorado. We still have uh, about four weeks left. Um, it's it's pretty brutal down there for freedom and um, and for people um, for taxpayers. Uh, and so, and what, any final thoughts you want to give to us regarding this legislative session? Uh, no, just that we we are definitely in a fight against the uh, the left. Uh, they've been trying to silence us on a lot of our uh, our, our movements in any legislation and against the really horrific legislation that, that's being pushed by the left. So we are definitely in a fight for that. Uh, we, we have been successful in getting some bipartisan bills through, but anything that is right of center seems to be getting shut down or killed before or after the committee, even before it hits the floor. So we're definitely in a fight, uh, but we're trying to work that out. Hopefully we'll have a better year with that next year, but I'm, I'm doing everything I can to get what I, what I can through to help our values. Well, and that's great. And one of the other things, um, Representative Armacost is, and, and I know that, um, Representative Puglisi had one that was trying to, um, get rid of the delivery fee. I'd like to start to see bills that would get rid of some of this onerous stuff as well. And I know it's difficult, but I really appreciate, uh, your, your work, your service to, to Colorado. And, uh, thank you so much for, uh, stepping forward and, and uh, being one of our legislators. Thank you, and thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. And again, that was uh, Representative Ryan Armacost from House District 64. And uh, they're very busy down at the State House. And we just passed 600 pieces of legislation being proposed. 600 new laws uh, proposed, Steve. Can you believe that? It's just crazy. And I just can't believe that. So... Uh, oh my gosh. So, but we have these important conversations because of great sponsors. We have a new great sponsor and that is uh, Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services. And we're so pleased to welcome them to the uh, Kim Munson Show. It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubbs Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Johnny Stubbs Services is prompt, reliable, and stands behind their work with a satisfaction guarantee. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubbs Services for all your heating and cooling needs. Call Johnny Stubbs Services today at 720-369-7589 to schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives. That's 720-369-7589. Pain can be exhausting and frustrating, and Kim was recently experiencing hip pain from life's wear and tear. Dr. Craig Stimson with Advantage Wellness Center was able to help. For over 35 years, Dr. Craig Stimson has been helping individuals and their entire families with non-surgical and drugless treatments to address sports injuries, back and neck pain, headaches, joint pain, and auto accident injuries. Call Dr. Craig at 303-691-1771 today for your appointment. Dr. Craig Stimson, he can help you too. That number is 303-691-1771. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice on an independent station, searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, really pleased to have on the line with me Lisa Bennett. She's uh, on the show often. Uh, she's an expert in just just a lot of different things, but she's an entrepreneur. Uh, she is owner of Wild Skies, which is a luxury uh, cabin rental on the Western Slope. So she's really in tune with, with what is happening on the Western Slope. So I'm so pleased to welcome her to the show. Lisa Bennett, welcome. Welcome. And I'm hoping that we'll be joined shortly here by Jennifer Burby as well, who is one of the members of the stakeholder committee with the Wolf reintroduction with the Colorado Division of Parks and Wildlife. Thanks for having yes. me. Yes. Well, really pleased to have her. And yes, we have uh, Jennifer Burby on the line as well. She's president of the Colorado Outfitters Association. And as you mentioned, she's part of this um, advisory group regarding this wolf introduction. Uh, so, Jennifer Burby, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for uh, having me. Good to have you. So, Lisa, I'm going to start with you. And first of all, I'm not sure if you were tuned in yet to hear the um, hear the show, but I found this great 
uh, you know, I do these quotes every day, and I found this great quote by Benjamin Franklin, and I thought it was very appropriate. He said, make yourself sheep and wolves will eat you. And when this uh, initiative was being proposed to the Colorado voters to reintroduce wolves on the western slope, I found that just crazy. It said that they were going to be reintroduced west of the Continental Divide. And I thought if people in Boulder and Denver are romanticizing wolves and they want to have wolves, they should put them in their own backyard instead of somebody else's, Lisa. But uh, anyway, that passed. And now there's three bills that are going through the legislature, Senate Bill 23-255, which is a Wolf Depredation Compensation Fund, uh, which I guess that does uh, prove that they are um, wolves are actually attacking livestock. Then Senate Bill uh, 23256, the management of the gray wolves reintroduction. And then House Bill 231265, born to be wild special license plate. So Lisa, just give us an overview of what your thoughts are about these bills. Well, a part of getting the original initiative passed was that there was going to be compensation for landowners, ranchers, et cetera, that were going to be impacted potentially by predation, which is what we've seen happen in other states like Idaho, Washington, Montana, Wyoming. And it was to compensate them for their live, for their loss of their livestock. So with that being the case, there was no funding when this initiative passed which meant that that had to be created. And uh, Jen can probably speak better on this than I can, but to date I haven't found that there has been any funding put forward for this, even with the surpluses that we've had in Colorado. And as a result, the uh, license plate um, fee as part of it, as well as the other bill to get the funding out there before the wolves are reintroduced. So in other words, if you're going to, pay for lost livestock, you better have a fund for it first before you introduce the wolf. Well, and I just want to make a point on this, is the this um, license plate, Born to be Wild Special License Plate, um, that would be created is um, it would be an additional fee when people uh, purchase that license plate, and so and that some of that or the extra money is going to go towards um, you know funding um, and paying farmers and ranchers for loss of livestock. But I'd had Colonel John Preco on just the other day, and he is working to try to get an In God We Trust license plate. Um, through here in Colorado. It's just an option that people could buy it. And it is stalled in the Senate committee. And they were not asking for any of that money to go to any organization. That was going to go right back to the state. So I just want to make that point. The In God We Trust license plate is stalled in committee, but yet there's a Born to be Wild license plate that is moving forward. And I, I just I need to connect that dot for people. So, Jennifer, you are on the advisory committee, the stakeholder group. So what what should people know about this? So um, as soon as 114 passed, Parks and Wildlife endeavored to begin planning for the introduction. Um, And in May of the next year, they convened the the stakeholder advisory group and the technical working group. Technical working group was basically people who had already been involved in wildlife management and specifically in wolf introduction. And then the stakeholder group was made up of various stakeholders statewide that were supposed to advise on the social and economic 
impact, both positive and negative, of wolf introduction. Um, and so we met for 15 months and came up with um, a list of suggestions and um, head nods to technical advice. Then uh, that went to the Wildlife Commission. Today in Steamboat Springs, the Wildlife Commission will do step one of uh, advancing that plan into a regulatory and adopted management plan. Okay. So the wolves have not been introduced yet. And is it a reintroduction or how would you define that? Um, well, <laughs> historically, there was a plains wolf. That wolf now is extinct. Most of the scientists are now saying Canis lupus is Canis lupus. There are subspecies, um, but right now the only available wolf to, that they can find to use and um, basically make 114 whole is a gray wolf, probably from one of the northern Rocky Mountain states because they're most scientifically they're saying they're the closest to what we have here. Plus, where they're coming from, it's the um, nearest like habitat. And you know, I remember it was Prop 114, right? The people of Colorado voted on that. And again, it said it was the wolves would be reintroduced west of the Continental Divide, which I thought that was I thought that was really arrogant. I think I would say that. I think that was really arrogant um, because that that is a place. It's uh, rural. There's um, livestock. Livestock feeds people. I mean, I see I see that there's this continued attack upon our food supply from all kinds of different um, areas. And I think that's what this is. Jennifer, what's your thoughts on that? Um. Certainly, while wolves will be problematic, and certainly while it uh, it is a rural-urban rural, divide, um, I actually did get to sit with the crafters of 114, and literally they said, oh, well, that's where the feed is for the wolves. It was, uh, frankly, it was, it was naive. Um, it's also, I think the biggest thing about this wolf introduction is we have six, almost 6 million people in this state. And we have more, more than that livestock. We, our, our people are gathered in the wintering grounds primarily for most of the ungulate populations. And the thought that the wolves will not be interacting with those, it was naive. And it's, it's not fair for the people, it's not fair for the stock, and it's not fair for the wolf, really. Well, and also it'll probably affect um, wildlife as well for like our deer and elk populations, yes? Yeah. Well, the the primary food source are the ungulate populations, elk, moose, and deer. Okay. Um, So, Lisa, what what do you see uh, with... um, you know these different bills. What's your your thoughts on? I guess it, I guess we needed to have these bills because the people of Colorado passed Prop One Fourteen. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. And uh, the license plate one is just a unique way, I guess, to go about it. Uh, but the others are intended to meet the requirements of that initial initi- initiative that was passed in twenty twenty. 
Okay. And big picture, what, what's your thoughts about our food source? I, I have Trent Luce on on a regular basis now as well. And it seems that there's just from a regulatory standpoint, just all kinds of different ways that uh, we're seeing um, things that I think can limit our food supply. And I'm, I'm super concerned about that, Lisa. And, and likely everyone should be. There are lots of different fronts that ranchers especially are fighting. Um, one thing that I mentioned before on your show is that if you go and talk to a banker about ranching and the, the loans that are on those ranches, ranches by themselves are very difficult to keep afloat financially, especially when you consider the increase in property taxes. That can be insurmountable for ranchers unless they augment their livelihoods through other means. Some people maybe do it as rodeo champions, right? And some people maybe do it with outfitter licenses. Uh, There's uh, all sorts of different ways that they're trying to make ends meet. There's not a high margin. A lot of people think that uh, ranchers are the big hat Texans that have tons of money, and that's really not the case. The margins are very slim, and what this really is going to do is increase the cost to do business. And the fact that a lot of ranchers' children don't stay in the family ranch business, they go on to become doctors, lawyers, whatever they do, and move away makes it even that much more challenging, especially as these ranchers become older, to stay on top of everything that needs to happen on a ranch. As a result, you'll end up with a lot of elderly ranchers that end up selling that ranch because they don't have anyone to give that ranch to. No one in the family wants to come and take on the burden with those small margins. And because it's hard work, it's good work, but it's hard work. You're yeah, out in cold weather conditions, uh, deep snows, hot summer days. Uh, there's, there's a lot that goes into ranching and mostly a lot of heart, a lot of grit, uh, a lot of ambition and desire to do something for themselves and also for the community. Uh, Ranchers are tied very closely to their communities, and it's a shame that you have a lot of environmental groups that outbid with BLM grazing rights, outbid ranchers just to keep ranchers off the the land for grazing, that there are a lot of groups such as in my Montana, the American Prairie Restoration Group, uh, which is trying to buy up land so that it can't be used for cattle. There's a, there's a lot of different angles where ranchers are being attacked, and it doesn't seem like this wolf initiative is, is one that's going to let them go unscathed. Uh, and uh, again, being naive, the romanticizing of wolves uh, is uh, actually, I mean, they are a, a predator. And um, and the fact that I think um, Lisa or Jennifer said that it'll only be constrained to just uh, uh, deer, elk, and um, moose is is naive. And and um, I mean I think you'll probably start to see more interactions with humans. Yes, Jennifer, or not? It, it, it's while it's possible. Historically, what I've learned is that's very rare. Um, You know, they they want to be, luckily, they want to be a solitary species. I think the hard thing in Colorado is that we just, while it feels like we have vast spaces, the reality is, is we don't. Um, And from a, you know, from a sportsman, from a hunter's perspective and from an outfitter perspective, 
what I see is that this is also, it's, <laughs> these people that wanted this have an ideal that it's, the term right now is called rewilding. And they want everything to live wild and free and be in this natural balance, which has some beauty in the idea of it. Um, but I think that the, in the practical reality, what happens is that humans are everywhere. We have an effect just by being on the landscape and by, you know, by, by ranching, by building condos, by having ski areas, by doing anything. And um, we're going to have interactions. And if we get rid of like the North American hunting model, we're going to lose wildlife. And once the wildlife is hindered enough because of recreation, because of habitat loss, um, because of wolves, bears, lions, humans, traffic, <laughs> um, and when those animals move into, as happens already and will happen more, onto ranch lands, we're going to have ranch lands that break up because people can't make it. They don't have a retirement. They don't have kids to follow through. And it becomes more development. And then we lose it all. Boy, this is, this is absolutely scary as I really think about what the consequences of, of this movement is. And this is not the first time I've heard of this rewilding of North America. And for some reason, um, the, there's this attack on the, the beef industry that, the, and beef is a, a great nutritious component of a diet. And so it's almost like these people that, uh, are, want to do this rewilding, they don't like humans very much. Uh, do you, what do you think, Jennifer? Um, having sat, having sat at the table with many of them, I don't actually feel that way. I think that they just have, they, they have a very different reality than I do, certainly. Um, and while I'm sure that there's bad apples in every basket, but in reality, I think that what they believe is they just have this very romanticized idea of nature and the circle of life and they're somewhat absent from that it's it's almost like a zoo they they want to watch nature evolve kind of in front of them but not around them and with them um they don't put themselves into those equations very often so i don't think that they see they own <laughs> They only see it through their own rose-colored glasses. Um, it is not what I see. I don't see it being a very positive thing. I think that we have an effect, both positive and negative. Uh, but they only see it as if we just got out of the way and nature did its thing, but we're part of nature. We are a part yeah, of that uh, that of life. That This is so interesting. So I'm talking with Lisa Bennett. She is an entrepreneur and owner of Wild Skies, which is a luxury uh, uh, cabin rental on the Western Slope. And Jennifer Burby, who is, um, she is the president of the Colorado Outfitters Association. And she was also had a seat at the table on this, which I'm finding this so interesting. So we're going to continue the conversation, but we get to do these great conversations because of great sponsors like Roots Medical. 
Hey folks, Matthew Dark here with exciting news about COVID justice and how you can be involved in this critical moment in history. Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom in conjunction with COVIDPenalty.com is leading the way in protecting everyone's legal right to refuse an investigational new drug. There is no law that can force you to participate in medical research and we need your help in bringing these lawsuits to fruition. To donate and view impending lawsuits, visit ColoradoMedicalFreedom.com. That's ColoradoMedicalFreedom.com. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. It's more critical than ever to get the firearms training you must have to be confident in protecting yourself and your family. Learning from the expertly trained instructors at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you will learn the skills necessary to be ready for anything you have to deal with. If you learned how to shoot by way of Granddad Taught Dad Taught Me, you may be missing critical elements of safety and proficiency training that can only be learned in the right environment with a knowledgeable and industry-leading instructor who can analyze and diagnose shooting mistakes, helping you prepare properly. At Franktown Firearms, they believe understanding how guns work Learning the fundamentals the right way and being confident in using a gun can mean the difference between life and death. When people leave Franktown classes, they feel empowered. They look forward to practicing and getting more training. Go to franktownfirearms.com and sign up for one of our training classes today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me <clears throat> at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an, in, uh, an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And I did want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. And uh, the U.S. Uh, U.S. Marine Corps Memorial Visitor Veterans Center is dedicated to telling the story of those we honor and remember through the years, educating the public about the Marine Corps and uh, who we serve and providing meeting space for veterans and youth groups and providing referral services with some direct veterans uh, services to veterans. And the USMC Memorial Foundation... And, and the, the whole team, Paula Sarles, who is the president, and her whole team are raising money uh, for the remodel of the Marine Memorial. And you can help them by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And the motto of the foundation is uh, honoring mem- Marines and remembering all who serve. And so, again, that's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Lisa Bennett, <clears throat> as we're talking with Jennifer, who is uh, sitting at the table uh, as a stakeholder on the, the um, reintroduction of wolves into Colorado, I, I think I realized, and, and actually uh, uh, I got some uh, text messages coming in, and that text line is 720-605-0647. So uh, when Jennifer said that people at the table are somewhat naive, I'm realizing that I think there's two things going on. I think there's this bigger, more onerous <clears throat> 
agenda out there. Uh, but very naive people are being used to push it forward. What's your thoughts on that, Lisa? Well, I think the old adage, whether you use the Indian <clears throat> one of moccasins or the one of just walking in someone else's shoes for a mile, is apropos here. It's really easy for people who have not experienced the issues that affect a certain stakeholder group to draw conclusions of their own or make assumptions that aren't accurate and that maybe are emotionally based. And so with any issue, if you don't fully comprehend what the issues are that are facing a particular stakeholder group, it's really hard for you to make accurate decisions on how to move forward with um, reconciling what to do. So in this case, I would say that I agree with you, Kim, but I think a big part of it, too, is that educationally, we have not raised our children to understand and appreciate farming and ranching. So few people engage in those professions, and so many of us live in cities or suburbs where they don't even have to think about how things make it into the grocery store, let alone know the issues that the people that produce those products had to go through in order to bring those products to market. And then the people that are involved as intermediaries, whether it's wholesalers, meat processing plants, uh, et cetera, and how things are affected from that angle as well. And I don't think that COVID helped things at all for ranchers either. And I truly believe that some technology barriers are also uh, factors in here. A lot of people don't realize that there are still ranches in Colorado that don't have electricity. I know that seems like really hard. Um, And when I say it like that, I mean electricity provided through transmission lines. A lot of these guys have generators and are producing their own electricity. But I'm talking about um, the basics that we take for granted where we live in cities and suburbs versus what ranchers have to deal with um, being as remote as some of them could be. Well, and um, I think that's an important point. I wanted to address just a couple of things. Great text messages coming in. But somebody made this point that wolves kill the babies and the young. So hunters, there's specific rules, uh, Jennifer Burby, about what what they hunt. But wolves don't adhere to those rules, that they actually um, kill the babies and the young of these different species, Jennifer. Well, yeah, the, the, the easier prey is going to be the first target. I mean, that, that's, that's with any predator. That, right. That, that, that's completely accurate. Um, I think right. what I, I'd like to, if I might, I'd like to speak to what Lisa said, because I can't agree more. Um, but one of the things that I'd like to add is that while most of the people that live a more rurally based life or agriculturally based life, um, a lot of us have not been very active in our, frankly, in our politics. Um, and the more that we can get people activated and participate, the more we can educate and allow others to get glimpses into our lives that they don't understand. Um, and that was something during the stakeholder process that was extremely lacking. I'm a note taker. And I, every public comment, 
I would do a pro and con column, neutral column. And to be honest, the pro wolf people showed up and commented three to one. Um. <laughs> and to, uh, that and uh, and there typically is is a strategy. I've seen that when I've gone down to the state house and testified on different things. There is a strategy, uh, kind of a pulling on the heartstrings. I, I, it's a, very interesting. That's why we do the show, and that is why we, yeah. on a regular basis, are highlighting uh, farming and ranching and uh, our food sources, our energy sources. Uh, we've got thirty seconds for each of you, Jennifer. How would you like to button this up? I would ask that everyone reach out to your senators, eventually be reaching out to your House representatives in full support of Senate Bill 255, in full support of Senate Bill 256, and in Senate Bill 12, or sorry, House Bill 1265, as well as reaching out to the commission and to U.S. Fish and Wildlife to support its full 10J, which is the federal permit for wolf reintroduction, and to support the um, wolf bill in the state so that we can do our best to actually manage these animals as they are brought in. Okay, and that's Jennifer Burby. She's president of the Colorado Outfitters Association. And we've got just a few seconds left. Lisa, how would you like to button this up? As I always do, that everyone needs to be engaged and involved. And even if you don't think you're an expert and don't have much to say, even just calling and telling them to vote yes um, is all that's required. The reason why you start with the Senate is since it's a Senate bill, it needs to make it through the Senate hearings first before it takes it down to the, and then it goes to the House or the Senate floor for a vote. And then it goes to the House. It's got to pass both. So if it doesn't pass the Senate, it doesn't even make it to the House. So focus on the Senate first on these bills. If it's a House bill, it will go to the House first. So that would be House Bill 1265 is where you would start with your House reps. Uh, Okay, Lisa Bennett, we are out of time. So much important information. That's Lisa Bennett with Wild Skies. And our quote for the end of the show is Ben Franklin says, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. You are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for our number two. It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to our number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for listening. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie. 
all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday, Producer Steve. Uh, yeah, happy Thursday, almost Friday. You know, we, we scurry around between the two hours getting ready for the next hour. And sometimes you're not always focused on the news, the top of the hour of the news. Did you just hear that story about the governor of California? You know, I was working on something else. I know that that caught your attention. But uh, so what's Gavin Newsom doing? I guess he wants to run for president. Uh, So what's he doing? He's making a a road trip to red states, encouraging them not to let the GOP roll back, you know, certain freedoms and whatnot. And I'm thinking, buddy, you need to stay home and fix your own state. Uh, yes, that is true. And um, what what certain freedoms are he is he talking about that boys can go into girls' locker rooms, that boys can play in uh, girls' sports? Is that the freedoms that he's talking about? Well, let's really think about who's who's really losing their freedom, and that is uh, that's girls. This is an attack on girls, and I wonder where the heck is uh, the whole women's lib movement on this whole thing. Uh, and then uh, we realized that it never was about women's liberation. It was uh, it was about uh, taking down straight or trying to marginalize a straight um, men, uh, straight strong men, trying to marginalize them. That's what this is all about. I mean, they 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 lift up people. They lift up men, boys that want to dress up like women uh, in these like these drag show things that want to dress up like women and dance provocatively in front of children. Uh, where Where is the outrage on that, Steve? And we're, we're seeing it. Actually, we're starting to see uh, different um, legislators push back, legislatures push back on that. So it's about time. Well, based on that other little tidbit we threw out the last hour, like uh, Travis Tritt dropping all his Anheuser-Busch products in his tour bus and saying he knows other entertainers or artists who are doing the same thing. So, yeah, there's mm-hmm. pushback coming. There is pushback, and it is important uh, that we do push back on this because we've got to protect our young girls and also protect our young boys. Oh, my gosh, there's such a uh, an agenda. And at the age of 12, I was talking about it yesterday. I mean, that is that is an age where kids start to push back. Their hormones are changing. They're trying to figure out who they are. And here in the Colorado legislature, they are now saying that, that these kids can uh, take mental health screenings without their parents knowing, that they can take drugs without their parents knowing, that uh, this is, it's ludicrous what is happening here in Colorado. But I, I did want to mention this, though. One of our listeners sent over a picture yesterday of Jared Polis and Nancy Pelosi cutting the ribbon uh, for Global Thermostat in Adams County. It's a company that will be sucking the carbon dioxide out of the air. Uh, and right here in Colorado. And so I was trying to figure out if they were receiving incentives from Colorado to come here. And I realized that actually they probably did not need to receive incentives because there was so much money in uh, the, um, and now I can't remember which bill it is, but the, the, the federal spending on that. Uh, oh, yes, it's the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act. And I would imagine that they probably have gotten a lot of money. This is this is pixie dust, my friends. This is not uh, something. This is not a business that can survive on on the merits uh, on its economic merits. And uh, and one of the things they said was that that this this uh, business will be able to employ all those oil and gas uh, workers that are losing their jobs because of a stupid 
policies here in Colorado regarding keeping uh, oil and gas in in the ground instead of, uh, of, of having reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy. So right here we've got a, a pixie dust, I'm going to say, uh, and that is uh, this global thermostat, Steve. All I can Nancy say Pelosi is... Nancy Pelosi came out to cut the ribbon, too. Yeah, Isn't yeah. that interesting? And you just had to send that picture of her and, and Polis together, didn't you? I, I did. Uh, so here we were talking about it yesterday with with Trent Luce, and I just, I'm just i having a hard time getting my brain out of... Remember, my friends, CO2 is plant food. So taking plant food out of the air and putting it in the ground and uh, and taking on all kinds of debt, creating inflation to make that happen through these... Um, public policy decisions in Washington. So much for their battle cry when they say, follow the science. Follow the money. That's what it is. is That's what this whole green movement is about, is follow the money. Um, But the show, we have these important discussions because of great sponsors. And a great, great sponsor is Karen Levine. She is an award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine Lots going on in the Colorado legislature right now. Property rights. Welcome to the show. Well, good morning. <laughs> so uh, what kind of an update do you want to give us on uh, home ownership in Colorado? Well, um, yeah, that that's a good question. I was pondering that, and um, we're in the heart of the spring market, and we are short of houses to sell. Have I been saying that often? And the reason is, is because of public policy. These different cities that put urban growth boundaries around their, their cities, they, and then increasing, uh, bringing more people in through economic incentives, which is picking winners and losers. So creating demand, reducing supply. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out there's going to be a problem, Karen. Well, and then you keep uh, interest rates down artificially, and everyone has a low interest rate, so nobody wants to move. So when you're in an open market, in a free market, people would make decisions about buying and selling as their household formations changed, and or they created households, or they dissolved households. Um, people passed away, you know, the general cycle of life created inventory naturally because of the marketplace. And when you hold interest rates down and everybody has a three, three and a half percent interest rate, they don't want to, or they can't. And I would say in most cases, it's not economical for them to decide to make a change when interest rates are at six percent. Right. So this is all public policy challenges, but we're meeting yes. those challenges, Kim. We are, and we are well, I do people into housing. Yeah. So you, you, yes, you've explained public policy why there are um, the housing market is where it's at. But I do see houses for sale. I know that you are are being very successful in helping people buy and sell their homes. Uh, so there's a lot of creativity that's required at this particular point in time. Correct, Karen? There is. And, um, you know, well, we know that when um, the market is shifting, the sad thing is, is instead of peeling back public policy, peeling back legislation, 
we ramp up or our government and our representatives, our elected officials, they all ramp up and try to create more policy. And that's the piece that, you know, just continues to acerbate, as Kim would say, the velocity of housing. The velocity, for sure. Let's talk just uh, quickly about... um 213. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of municipalities, uh, even the city of Lone Tree, uh, has a resolution opposing Senate Bill 213 uh, and um, because they want to keep their power over uh, their communities, which I, I think it should be local. But what have over this last week, what have you uh, seen any new developments on? And this is that big land use bill. It's 105 pages long, Senate Bill 213. But I'm seeing a lot of municipalities uh, are taking stands against this. So what's your thoughts on that, Karen? Well, um, so I, I'm laughing because apparently the the um, bill is shrinking because I think the initial thing, it was 115 pages, then it was 110, and now it's only 105. But in all honesty, I don't think it's changed at all. Um, with that said, after it came out and we were together, and I think, you know, you were concerned um, because of who was behind the bill, and, you know, what type of public policy was in that bill. Um, as I was driving home that night, the thought that crossed my mind is, what is our state legislature and our governor doing in local planning and zoning decisions? Right. Thus, we are seeing local municipalities push back and say, this is overreach. Isn't it interesting that they don't like being overreached as we don't like being overreached. Right. Um, so I think that's what we're seeing. Um, some of the commentary I have read, though, is there are some things in there that are positive in peeling back some of this public policy and legislation that's happened in the past. I don't know those specifics, and we'll try and delve into that and get more information. Um, but it's busy at the state legislature and they just keep thinking that creating more laws and more policies is to the benefit of their citizens and I it's would not. It's not. It's not. And just one other thing, Karen, um, I wanted to ask you about this because all of these apartment buildings and then there was a Patty pulled a piece that said that um, public policy poll is that they're considering uh, changing many of these empty office buildings into apartments. I'm so frustrated that instead of. Uh, of doing ownership kind of units, condominiums, it's apartments. So apartment owners are going to get very wealthy while people are just throwing their money at rent instead of being able to create some equity with condos. There's no reason that we shouldn't be able to get to a point where we're trying to push ownership of units instead of just rental of units. Are you seeing any action on that, Karen? Well, from a local perspective, when we were interviewing mayoral candidates, and I guess we'll see how this all pans out, um, as many of the votes, when they somewhat called the election um, the other night, um, they realized, I guess, there's 30,000 votes that hadn't been counted yet. Um, But with that said, several of those mayoral candidates 
um, were very, very passionate about home ownership units and utilizing vacant office buildings to convert to ownership units, not just to rental units. So we're having the conversation more at the local level. They understand we need ownership units and how important it is to their economies of their cities. Um, when people own homes, they invest in their communities. And when we invest in our communities, we create safer communities. So until, I guess, those we elect um, figure this out, and we have to be the ones that push back on who we do or don't elect, the, the push for rent is going to continue to happen as we discussed, as we've been discussing for years that, you know, the World Economic Forum thinks we shouldn't own anything. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, Karen, we've, yeah, we've got to stay on this, but people are going to buy their home, sell their home, uh, a new build. It is so important to have you on their side of the table. How can people reach you? People can reach me at 303-877-7516. That is Karen Levine, and she uh, stands for property rights at the local and the county and the state and the federal level. And again, you can reach her at 303-877-7516. Karen, have a great day. You too, Kim. Bye-bye. Another great sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And uh, Roger wants you to feel safe and well-served and to understand your insurance coverage and know that their office will respond to your call or text 24 hours a day. For that 24-hour peace of mind, call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this. I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That's why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Monson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome back 
to the Kim Munson Show, be sure and check out my website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. The text line is 720-605-0647. It is very busy, and I will try to get to as many of those as possible in the uh, last segment of the hour. But I'm really pleased to have on the line with me Yvonne Paez, and she uh, is a co-founder of Perspectives 101, which is an excellent um, group up in northern Colorado where they organize speakers to just try to inform people about these many important issues. Yvonne Paez, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for having me. And you've got a big meeting tonight uh, regarding ESG uh, that David Roth will be presenting, correct? That's right. David Roth is coming to Loveland, Colorado to, be, to speak on ESG. And uh, he is an amazing speaker. That will be tonight at 6 p.m. at Message of Life Ministries. And um, if anybody wants to know more about it, please email perspectives101.info at gmail.com. Okay. Um, Yvonne, you have such an interesting perspective on life, and I'm, I'm just honored to call you my friend. Uh, but you, you grew up outside of the United States, so you have a, a perspective on, on just public policy, what's happening here in America. But you and I talked after the Nashville shootings, and I didn't even know uh, some of this about you. I, I knew that you were in the Army, and I knew that you're a former police officer, but I didn't realize that you actually organized training for what's the equivalent of SWAT teams on, on the military side. And so just tell us just a little bit about that. Oh, Kim, thank you. And, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm just an ordinary person who's had, you know, extraordinary great opportunities to do, to do things. And, uh, it was definitely an honor and a privilege to serve in the United States Army and to be assigned as commander and trainer of our SRT, um, at two different postings that I had. So yes, I, um, trained and led, um, SRT teams, which is like a special response team, special reaction team, which is the military equivalent of of SWAT teams in the civilian sector. Well, it's it's super impressive. Um, but we talked after Nashville, and it does not have to be this way, does it, with these school shootings? How, how can we keep our children and staff safe? No, it, it really doesn't. I mean, there are things we can do about it. Um, I want to start by saying that the reality is that Anything can happen anywhere at any time. We know this. But how do we discourage certain things? How do we plan and prepare for them? We can do better on that side. And um, consider how we prepare for fires versus how we prepare for shooting. I mean, really, do we post a fire-free zone in front of a school? We don't. We, we do all sorts of things. There's engineering that goes into it. There's, there's a lot of things. So um, gun-free zone signs might as well say vulnerable school shootings welcome here. People have just have got to come to the to the reality of that. And it's and, not just schools. Um, it's it's um, municipal buildings. It's it's just an advertisement there. And so it's it's really dumb to do that. I think I think is <laughs> to to your exactly. point. You're better off just you're better off just not putting any signs than to put a sign like that that just invites problems. Right. So, 
So is, so, is it the firearms, or what do you think? <laughs> well, we can move on to the firearms first. Yes, many people seem to think that that is the problem. Um, however, I do want to paint a visual example for us here. Okay, so for those that are driving, please pay attention to your driving. Um, but for the rest of you, I really want to follow you, you to follow me through this visual experience. So I uh, imagine me, I'm piling up a pile of firearms in front of me. So I'm putting some guns on there, and guns are, you, you know, um, handguns. Those are the short ones, the small ones. And I'm going to add some, some shotguns. Those are longer, uh, kind of like what Elmer Fudd caught, you know, carried for those that aren't gun people. And, and now some rifles. Those are used for hunting for different things. And, and maybe some more um, handguns. So I just created this pile right in front of me. Mind you, I'm not doing that. This is imaginary. And it's about knee high, so I have a pile of, of firearms of different types. So I'm going to ask them, please, please, will you get up and shoot something? And there they sit. Visualize this pile. Please visualize this with me. And I'm going to beg them, pretty please, pretty please, come and, you know, just get up and and, and shoot something. Or I can bribe them. You know, you've been wanting that scope. I'll get you a scope. How about some new grips, some new sights? Come on, do what I say. Get up and shoot something. I can coerce them. I can threaten them. If you don't do that, you know, I'll do this or that to you. I can yell at them. I'm not going to yell on the radio, but I could yell at them. I can beat them with a stick. I can pick up a whip and a stick and beat them, and I can kick them and continue to yell at them, telling them to get up, just get up, rise up, and harm something or somebody. And that pile is still not going to rise up to cause harm. So the reality is that guns are inanimate objects incapable of self-action and this folks is real life it is not a toy story movie so the problem here is if we are barking up the wrong tree we are failing to identify the real problem and by extension the solutions to the problem you know if if bodies are turning up here and there and it's evident that they were killed by some wild animal and we go out there and say it's the mountain lions, and we shoot all the mountain lions, and we get rid of all the mountain lions, and then they keep turning up. Guess what? We targeted the wrong thing. It's packs of coyotes that were doing it. So it's not really about, you know, forget the mountain lions that were, that were all decimated and killed. We still have the problem. So, so sad as it is to kill all, so sad as it would be to, to you know, disarm every honorable American because because something or somebody is harming people if we are not chasing the right culprit we will not serve the problem and in this case we will not help or save the children okay so it's very important to identify the proper problem first absolutely of course i i actually think that uh, that many of those that are advocating to take away firearms from law-abiding citizens is that that is their their goal um and uh, but they're couching it with all these shootings so what about laws are there good laws is there a lack of good laws on this well you know i'm glad you asked about that because laws would be the the next common thing right so i can tell you though that you know when i looked into and i looked into some of these not all of them but we looked into in depth um the parkland florida one and that shooter violated about 14 laws. So if we make more laws, that's just going to add to the count of laws violated. Because I have a newsflash for everybody. Criminals do not obey laws. 
So, for instance, <laughs> what happened in Parkland, Florida, was an absolute system failure at several levels. And um, this is actually detailed in the book. Uh, let me see. I wrote it down here. Why Meadow died, the people and policies that created the Parkland shooter and endanger America's students. And that's a worthwhile read. And this was written by Andrew Pollock, and that is Meadow's father. And I have, you know, my absolute respect, my hats are my hat off to this grieving father who actually dug deep to identify the real problems and therefore the real solutions to this. I mean, this is we need solutions. And the fact is that we need to enforce the laws that we have before we even think of creating more, because if something had had been enforced in in that particular scenario, those things might have stopped that shooting. Okay. And one other thing I want to just mention, when we talk about laws, though, laws need to be past the muster of the our U.S. Constitution. We have people that are proposing legislators and 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 uh, interest parties are proposing laws that are antithetical to the Constitution. So we need to make sure that all these things, that they are constitutional laws, correct? Absolutely. Every single law needs to be measured up to our Constitution for its constitutionality. I mean, we, well, not we, <laughs> I wish I could take credit for that. The founding fathers uh, of our country and other people were outstanding visionaries and they thought of so many things that most of us don't even think about when they created um, our constitution and the way we should run this country and I can tell people from having lived in others extensively not vacationing there like a lot of folks um, 15 years I would consider considerable um, you see the difference with of how they run their countries and how this one was run because I have seen over the many years that I've been here, that it, that has changed. And I think that's because we've, we're getting further and further away from our Constitution. And it's the U.S. Constitution that is so different to others. Other countries have constitutions, but they're not like the U.S. Constitution. Right. And that's why we need to really be, I'm concerned about these um, firearms bills that are being uh, working their way through the Colorado um, legislature as we speak. But, you know, we've we've talked about it. And, uh, you know, one of the things you'd mentioned to me was this whole story about um, the movie Sully, Sullenberger. And and there was an an important point on that that you wanted to connect. Right, right. So, um so we talked about the firearms, we talked about the lies, and so I, I want people to consider the movie Sully. If you haven't seen it, you know, from the name Sully Sullenberger, this was the, the pilot um, that uh, had, anyway, it, it's that movie, if you haven't seen it, it's really not an airplane crash story, but rather the story of the investigation after the emergency water landing that we knew as the miracle on the Hudson. And um, for those that haven't seen it, spoiler alert, um, it highlights the importance of following the right leads. Um, you'll notice, if you did see it, that after the investigators spend time chasing mostly irrelevant information, Sully proves an important point, and he gets the investigation back on track, basically, by stating something to the effect of, now that we know what didn't happen, let's talk about what did happen. So for our purposes, let's stop talking 
about what is not the cause of the problem and start talking about what is the cause of the problem on this current situation of these shootings in schools or, or other in other places. This is a human problem. It is not a tool problem. Boy, that so is such a these things. Yeah, yeah let, let, that's an important point, and uh, I want to continue this because. Uh, and the point that you've made, this is a human problem. It's not a tool problem. And uh, that is so important. But um, we have these conversations because of great sponsors. I'm so excited to welcome a new sponsor, and that's Dr. Craig Stimson. And he has been able to help me, uh, and I highly recommend him. And I'm very excited to have him as a new sponsor of the show. Pain can be exhausting and frustrating. And Kim was recently experiencing hip pain from life's wear and tear. Dr. Craig Stimson with Advantage Wellness Center was able to help. For over 35 years, Dr. Craig Stimson has been helping individuals and their entire families with non-surgical and drugless treatments to address sports injuries, back and neck pain, headaches, joint pain, and auto accident injuries. Call Dr. Craig at 303-691-1771 today for your appointment. Dr. Craig Stimson, he can help you too. That number is 303-691-1771. It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubb Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubb Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Johnny Stubb Services is prompt, reliable, and stands behind their work with a satisfaction guarantee. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubb Services for all your heating and cooling needs. Call Johnny Stubb Services today at 720-369-7589 to schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives. That's 720-369-7589. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And I did want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. The plans have been drawn. They're beautiful. You can find them at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Um, but, uh, the, the remodel of the, the memorial is so important. And over 1,000 Marines, sailors, soldiers, guardsmen, and airmen were interviewed to come up with the design, which is the creation of Ian Anderson and Paula Sarles. And a promise was made to Jack Thurman, who was, uh, part of the Iwo Jima flag raising veteran, uh, the team, and he helped design the wall. I've also interviewed him that we would keep the idea of the wall in the new design. And, uh, so, uh, it's important to, to help them out as they're raising the money for this and uh, one of the things you might do is to buy a brick to honor your military service or your loved one's military service and you can do that at usmcmemorialfoundation.org that's usmcmemorialfoundation.org i'm so honored to have on the line with me yvonne paez she is a co-founder of perspectives 101 uh, important event tonight and you can get more information at perspectives101.info at gmail.com. Is that right? Do I have that memorized, Yvonne? Correct. Correct. Yay. Okay, great. But we're talking about these school shootings. It doesn't have to be this way. And uh, we mentioned before we went to break that this is a human problem, not a tool problem. So who who does this, uh, Yvonne? You know, the answer is people. I mean, that's the sad answer. 
And, you know, forgive me for being brutally honest, but candor is uh, is my greatest fault and <laughs> my greatest asset, I guess. But the people who do this are deranged, delusional, mentally unstable, lunatics, monsters, and demons. Because really, what kind of a human being kills children point blank in cold blood? I mean, that, that is a special kind of, of problem, Bad, troubled evil. person. Um, so why do they do this? Yeah, we get to why would somebody do this? And, and the motives vary. Um, for some of it, for, you know, for some of them, it may be vengeance. Somebody wronged them or something. Others may be seeking attention. And some we will never know because we know that some of them um, die when they do this um, through their, by their own means or, or through being um, stopped. And um, what we do know, however is that good people do not shoot innocent folks, especially small children. So, so we have to think about, you know, what, what, are, what are some of the common denominators of these school shooters? Um, well, they have this feeling of being wronged in many cases, many, many. Um, it's the use of psychotropic drugs. Some have um, troubled family life, mental instability, and there may even be other unlawful drug use. But I know that a big one is the use of psychotropic drugs. And you know, in Colorado now, 12-year-olds can give permission to take psychotropic uh, drugs without their parents' knowledge. And I think that's oh, an important oh point to I'm make. So glad. I am so glad you mentioned that, Kim, because it is extremely important that people understand this. And today, precisely today, um, on I think it's the west steps of the Capitol, um, CPAN and other organizers are having a rally for parents' rights. This is huge. Um, I will get into this a little bit later, but parenting is one of the things, proper parenting is one of the things that can stop this. And having... You have to be involved in all the decisions for your children, medical, mental, all of that. And when somebody tries to move you out of the way for that, that is only going to cause larger problems. And I would wonder why somebody is trying to do that. But that's a conversation for another day. But that is going on today at 10 a.m. I think it's 10 to noon Correct. at um, the west steps of the Capitol. So that is huge. Um, if you want to stop some of this stuff, you maintain your right as a parent to guide your child through all of this for as long as you can, which is up to age 18. Yes, and you can get the information. Go to coloradoparents.org and then um, click on events, and uh, the rally comes up there. So, yes, very important point. But um, who does not perpetrate these crimes then? Well, that's that's exactly it. So now we know what some of the common denominators are, and and we know that the people who don't do these things are rational, caring, kind, respectful, happy, mentally stable, honorable people. So then the thing becomes, uh, the, the question then becomes, how do we reduce the number of the people with the problem traits and increase the number of people with the desirable traits in our society? And that's where the solution lies. 
And again, just connecting this dot, uh, and that is in Colorado now, 12-year-olds can give permission to take psychotropic drugs without their parents knowing. And if you connect this dot that uh, many of these uh, school shooters have been taking these drugs, and the Colorado State Legislature is giving permission to these kids, 12 years old, to take these drugs, they're contributing to the problem. Um, I would yes. say so. And in, wow. and not only can they do it without their parents knowing about it, I think that even if the parents knew about it, if they're above the age of 12, 12 or older or something like that, they can go ahead and do it anyway. Right. So we, we have a big, big problem here. So you want to stop this stuff? We need people who are good citizens that are mentally stable and parents are a huge, huge puzzle piece in that. So we wow. cannot have anybody stripping parents of their right to guide their children to be good citizens. And again, that's why this rally is so important at 10 o'clock down at the, the Capitol. I can't, I can't be there, unfortunately, um, because I have a, a prior commitment, but that I just can't get out of. But, uh, otherwise I, I would be there because it's so important. Right. But there can be a solution. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. everybody within the sound of our voices today should be there and tell your friends because that, that is a huge, huge component. So, so let's go into some of the solutions, okay? So m- my opinion is that the real solution is obviously it's going to be a long-term solution. And it's, it's quite obvious. It is to raise better human beings by teaching good values at home, you know, the good values at home and at school. Um, and I want to tell you that this is not a socioeconomic thing. It's a values thing. I have known people who are very poor that had outstanding values. And some of these people who create these horrible tragedies, they come from all walks of life. So let's not make this um, a problem of the poor or, 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 or make the people who um, are come that have lesser means the 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 people who do this, because that is, is not, nothing could be further from the truth. And, and life is not simple. I mean, and, you know, at, to the contrary, life is simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. Good people do not lie or cheat or steal or harm others. And honestly, if we followed the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't need the volumes of criminal laws that we have on the books, and police would mostly be out of a job. So as far as I'm concerned, the answer is to be a quality person and raise quality people. And we know there, there will always be a few outliers because evil does exist. Uh, oh, my goodness. In, in my years of work, I have only seen one or two, probably two, I think. But when you see a human being like that, it is in the eye. I mean, there, there is, you wonder if there is a soul there and, and they almost look possessed. So. Not too many people come across that, but evil evil does exist. But well, see, it, the ma- vast majority of folks should be good and do good, and we can do that. So the long-term solution, uh, and actually that's a great segue to a nonprofit that I am really getting to know, and that's the Center for American Values. And um, one of the things that they want to do is that they want to help kids 
learn these values of honor and integrity and patriotism and uh, also instill that in our leaders. And so they're doing such great work there. And, um, it's a, they have a gallery exhibit of the portraits of valor and it's a, an amazing collection of portraits and documentation of quotes of, uh, these 160 Medal of Honor recipients. And it's located in Pueblo. And I just would highly recommend it's, it's worth the time to take a day trip down to Pueblo, uh, to visit the Center for American Values. And I'm just very pleased, uh, to be working with them. So, that's that's at least a long term solution there. Uh, I tell you what, let's let's go to break. I, I've got and the text messages are coming in, and we've got uh, phone calls as well. But I, I I have just a few more questions for you, Yvonne Paez. And so let's go to break, and we have these conversations because of great sponsors like Lauren Levy. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Hey folks, Matthew Dark here with exciting news about COVID justice and how you can be involved in this critical moment in history. Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom in conjunction with COVIDPenalty.com is leading the way in protecting everyone's legal right to refuse an investigational new drug. There is no law that can force you to participate in medical research and we need your help in bringing these lawsuits to fruition. To donate and view impending lawsuits, visit ColoradoMedicalFreedom.com. That's ColoradoMedicalFreedom.com. It's more critical than ever to get the firearms training you must have to be confident in protecting yourself and your family. Learning from the expertly trained instructors at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you will learn the skills necessary to be ready for anything you have to deal with. If you learned how to shoot by way of Granddad Taught Dad Taught Me, you may be missing critical elements of safety and proficiency training that can only be learned in the right environment with a knowledgeable and industry-leading instructor who can analyze and diagnose shooting mistakes, helping you prepare properly. At Franktown Firearms, they believe understanding how guns work, learning the fundamentals the right way, and being confident in using a gun can mean the difference between life and death. When people leave Franktown classes, they feel empowered. They look forward to practicing and getting more training. Go to franktownfirearms.com and sign up for one of our training classes today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for a weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. I uh, so appreciate all these text messages coming in. We're going to try to get to um, some of them. That text line is 720-605-0647. Call in line 
line is 303-477-5600. We have Yvonne Paez on the line. Uh, she uh, is a, a former, um, has been in the Army. She's an Army veteran as well as a former police officer. She actually did training for uh, SRT teams, which is the equivalent of the military version of SWAT teams. Uh, Yvonne, hold on. I've got some more questions for you, but we have Clifford in Oklahoma on the line. Clifford, uh, what's on your radar? Yes, I just wanted to say that being a member of Yvonne's platoon there at Fort Knox. Oh, my goodness. I've learned a lot from her. She is a very good leader. And, uh, I've again, I've learned a lot from her teachings. And, yes, guns are very inanimate. It's the people that are in control of the guns that are the problem. Oh, my God, Wyatt, what a pleasure. Uh, and, yeah, Kim, we've got to talk to We've got to talk about this, the, the, the now solution, because, of course, we talked about the long-term solution. But the uh, thanks for being um, uh, on, on the call. And I, I Clifford, really, yes, really thank important. you. It's really, really important to, to talk about what we need to do now. And what we need to do now until the long-term solution kicks in is to harden the target. We need police, security in schools, you know, whether it's police or security and armed staff in schools and perhaps special protective engineering of facilities. Um, we build a fire code, so why not also incorporate certain ballistic safety codes to that? And it's very important that we don't have a sign or post signs that, you know, we, that, that say that, that invite a problem. We should have signs, for example, that say, be aware that staff at ABC school may be armed and will use whatever force is necessary to protect our students. We need to create a reputation of protection, even if you have scarce resources. Um, um, A lot of (coughs) crime prevention is really crime displacement. Criminals will often take the path of less resistance. Yes. And then there's resources. Yeah, there's resources like Laura Carno started Faster Colorado, um, which is a program that provides outstanding firearms training and tactics specific to schools um, and to staff who want to be protectors. And armed staff is a key puzzle to fortifying the schools, but this will only happen and only work if the districts allow trustworthy, trained folks to function as armed defenders in their schools. And I've heard, Yvonne, that there are um, superintendents that are pushing back on this uh, right here in Colorado. Yeah, and um, I'll tell you, I believe that any administrator who opposes hardening of their schools and defends these gun-free zone signs, which are only advertising for these problems, contributes to and may be responsible for the harm perpetrated to their students and staff. So I'd be really careful about standing in the way of real solutions. Okay, those are that's strong words for sure. Um, so there's good news, there's resources, bad news. What 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 do you think? Yeah, well, you know, there's always a little bit of bad news. The bad news is that this will get worse before it gets better. And we have done this. We have created the culture of entitled lunatics who will who do these kinds of things and this will take years, perhaps generations to change. But we have to take responsibility for this lack of good parenting. And that's why going to the 
to the Capitol today and, and asserting your rights as parents is so important. And we need to embrace programs. Uh, you know, we have to take responsibility for, for, for the lack of good parenting, but also for embracing programs that are not healthy for the minds of the young people. But, but there's good news. And the okay. good news is that every problem has a solution. And so does this one. And we need to rear exemplary citizens who value human life, who are kind, who are respectful and honorable. And we can plant these seeds today, but the crop will take time to grow and mature so that we can outnumber the existing troubled crop. So that's what I've got. So I I, I really would love to hear what your callers have to say. Okay. Uh, call in line is 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. Uh, some of these text mes- messages, it says your guest talks about values. Uh, how do we get going back to church? And I do want to mention regarding church uh, that there are a number of mainline uh, churches that have been co-opted and have become woke, and instead of focusing on the gospel and the message of the gospel and the golden rule, that they have, have moved towards the, the whole social justice thing. So I think we have to be careful about churches. Any comments on that, uh, Yvonne? You know, we really... I mentioned the Ten Commandments before. You know, the further we get away from being godly, from from following the good book and the good rules and all of that, I think the more vulnerable we are to the negative influences in life. I, I think that that is that is true, and 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 we need to stay centered, and we need, we need to be focusing. You know what I, what I say at the end of the show. I'm serious about this. My dad always said that we have 24 hours in a day, and this has been my big aha. That when they're talking about equity, that is equity. That we are equal. We all have 24 hours in a day, and we decide what we're going to do with it, uh, and we decide what we're going to do with our minds and our hearts. And if we're focusing this whole agenda that we're seeing in schools on the transgender activist movement, and then again, 12-year-olds being able to uh, give permission to take psychotropic drugs, but get kids can't read and write and do arithmetic, we are so off the mark, and this is going to continue until we get this stopped. That's why, as you mentioned... This rally this morning, 10 o'clock on the western uh, uh, steps of the uh, western steps of the Capitol, is so important. And I know it takes energy to get down there, but if you can, certainly we would highly recommend that people do that. We have Anne in Denver on the line. What's on your radar? Hi. Um, if people can grab a paper and pencil, you can. Um, everybody can voice their concern and and tell the legislators no to two thirteen, and no to the one at one thirty, which is one zero zero three. One is a Senate bill, Senate Bill two one three, and House Bill uh, twenty three one zero zero three. Just by going to leg leg dot Colorado spell Colorado out. Dot gov, and then go to bills and put in either um, Senate Bill 213 or House Bill 1003. You've got to put a 23 before those numbers for the year that we're in. Um, but when you find that, you'll find the sponsors, and you call them, and you can register online, okay? Um, and especially the one for the 213, that's private property rights. That means they'll put anything anywhere they want and ruin the HOA and the PUD 
plans, contracts we already have. So those are really important, 213 and 1003, okay? And you can testify online on Zoom so you don't have to leave your home. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Anne, for keeping us so informed. And that um, that uh, Senate hearing this afternoon regarding one zero zero three has been canceled. That particular meeting, and I think that it's because uh, I think it's a strategy uh, because so many people after the rally were going to go in and testify. So we will keep people informed on that. But yet, yeah, go ahead, and you can make your voices known. Yvonne Paez, we have a minute left. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for for sharing your expertise with us. We can solve this. We can't be complacent. We have got to engage in what is happening. Your final thought, Yvonne Paez, co-founder of Perspectives 101. You know, my final thought is that, like I said, every problem has a solution, but we just need to find it and apply it. And we cannot allow people to stand in the way of the real solutions and point at the wrong culprits, because if we're barking up the wrong tree, If we kill all the mountain lions or take all the guns, the bodies will still be turning up because that was not the real problem. And I just want to give a shout out to to your callers. Thank you for calling in. And thanks, Wyo, for calling in. That was a real surprise. (laughs) <laughs> that was pretty amazing for sure. And uh, so, again, thank you to Yvonne Paez. And uh, you can get more information uh, regarding perspectives at perspectives101.info at gmail.com. Thank you for all you do, Yvonne Paez. You are one amazing woman. Thank you, Kim. And thank you. You're amazing as well. Our quote for the end of the show is from Benjamin Franklin. He said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.